Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we still may struggle in our intimate relationships? Yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational practices and support from trusted allies. My husband and I have a wonderful marriage, but we're not necessarily the best relationship teachers. In episode 315, I brought on the founders of the Relationship School, Jason and Ellen. They live and breathe all things relational, boundaries, conflict, owning your needs, attachment styles, and so much more. If you want to learn how to work through conflict better and communicate better, Jason is offering 50% off his Indestructible Partnerships course. Thousands of people have changed their relationships for the better with this course. Go to relationshipschool slash Laura and use the coupon code Laura to get 50% off this life-changing course. Now, back to the podcast. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Supreme Being, Kristen Williams. Oh, that could be the best one yet. Supreme being. I know. Supreme <laughs> being. Just just sums it all up, right? Oh, uh, yes, of course. Hi, everybody. All right. So starting off, these are some pose questions. This is from Oxford, comma, dot, et cetera. Warrior poses, beneficial or detrimental? Hmm. Well, that's a good huh. I think that's a big uh, straddle. That's a, you know, yeah, a big, yeah. You know, big doesn't Black have to be or either or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think traditional warrior poses, detrimental. Lit warrior poses, lit, litified, lit up warrior poses um, are great. Um, I think you need to modify every warrior pose for your body. Not everybody can get that full external rotation of the front leg in a warrior two, particularly with that deep hip flexion for a traditional warrior. So you know, modifying, moving the back leg forward, turning the front foot in, make it fit your body. And it is such a, it's one of my favorite poses. I love warrior two. You just get those arms out, you're open, you get the side bend reversing and coming forward. But I adjust my stance to make it feel good in my body. There, there, It should not have to look a certain way. And the same thing goes for warrior one. Warrior one 
putting that back heel down and getting that torque of the pelvis. If you don't have a wide stance, if you don't maybe shorten or narrow the stance from front to back um, for, again, your posterior hip flexor, if it's super tight, you're going to go into your low back. Um, maybe you need to come on the ball of the foot at times. Uh, but, you know, if you can really get that stance to where you're able to keep a neutral pelvis and you're pushing down strong and powerful, I love, everybody knows, I love a devotional warrior. Get the hands behind the back and hinge in because you have that pyramidal shape of a warrior one that is just so strong. That's different than high crescent lunge where you're a bit more, you know, a little more tottery because you only have the back ball of the foot down. So I think that question serves two different audiences. Traditional warrior poses, I think, can be even warrior three, you know, reaching the arms out in front. That takes a lot of work. You need to be very strong, and we discount how much that requires. Or even being in an airplane without rounding in the back, you know. So really looking at each and every pose you put yourself in, leveling out the pelvis, making it fit your body and your day. Yesterday might not feel how my body feels today. And just be okay with, with modify, modify, modify. And don't think of it as lesser than. Think of it as greater than because you are really being safe, strong, sustainable, and building, building from the base up as opposed to making things easier. I don't think you are. How about you, Laura? Mm -mm. I agree. And I think that, you know, again, part of redefining yoga as the name of the podcast is redefining this idea that we have to have a cookie cutter approach. You know, um, the way warrior one is introduced in a lot of uh, books is like line up the front heel with the back heel or inner foot. And, you know, that I always joke that that would, that might've worked for a 12 year old Indian boy because they're, they have little femurs uh, narrow femurs, and that would have lined up. That does not apply to many women who have wider pelvises and trying to get their heels lined up is going to torque their pelvis. So it's really align it um, in the, the way that is going to support that upward lift. And think of the spine as this is what you want to support. This is where you want your energy to go. So if you are doing something in your pelvis, it ultimately is doing something in your spine that can be compressive and we're not just talking injury, like injury is the lowest bar. Like how about energy exchange? Like you said, so that you could then transition to something else and feel like not clunky or, you know, if you're going into like devotional, not like you're hanging on your back, but that you're powered up through the legs. And so I think, again, it's always like, what is your body able to do that is supporting that neutral spine and pelvis and adjust accordingly? So we do a lot of bent knee airplanes not straight-legged warrior threes because that, I mean, just, it is way too hard biomechanically um, for most people to maintain that and have good alignment. So bend the knee, get that hinge in the hip, put one hand on the thigh to help buttress this long torso that has, again, all these gravitational forces placed upon it. And just look at different ways that you can still get a lot of strength, but it's global. It's really shared. You know, energy... To maintain it, we need to share the work, the demand, the effort. If it's all on like one leg and nothing above is helping, or if it's all on the torso and the legs aren't helping, it's it's going to feel not balanced and not good. You know, that's when you feel it in, in your joint and you feel it in the tightness um, of the tissue that's getting overstretched or the compression of the tissue of the joint that's getting compressed. So, yeah. 
I agree. I, I love warrior poses. I love the symbolism of like feeling strong. Also, hey, those wonderful pictures of people going deep into warrior one. Don't do that. There's no value unless you're a fencer or something. And I don't think they have, they, they have a lot of like back and forth movement. There's no value in sinking forward to get that front knee at 90 degrees because the, most people, like Kristen was saying, their back hip is not going to allow that. It's too much of a stretch. And they'll tip in the pelvis or they'll push into the passive restraints like the labrum and the ligaments. So lift up and feel the energy up rather than down. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it's funny how we can treat our machines that we own, you know, so well. We would never ride a bicycle with just one pedal or we would never drive our car in only one gear. And yet we'll mm. do that to our body when just to your point, I mean, me think of that with energy exchange. We want everything to be working as a global unit, as opposed to just one body part doing all the work. Um, so that was an excellent comparison, I think. Thank you. And energy. I think like if you're doing a lot of warriors and the next day you're sore, like in your, you know, SI joint or in your quadriceps, it's not to say they're not, shouldn't be working, but that needs to be shared. That needs to be shared. You should feel, you should feel the vitality after a class, not like you've been beaten up. All right. So, um, Andra Ka asked, with Morton's neuroma, how to relieve pain aside from using arch support and foot pads? Hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one. You know, so for mm -hmm. people who don't know what a Morton's neuroma is, it's tr uh, typically you will have, we, we have a lot of nerves that go through our feet and, and we have a lot of bones in our feet, as we know. And so you can get a little bit of a, a, a swelling, or if you can imagine a nerve traveling between two bones and the bones for, or for whatever reason, that nerve gets inflamed. And so then they don't have very much space. And so then every time you walk on it, your bones are, are kind of rubbing and, and it traditionally occurs, you know, right around the metatarsal head, which is like the ball of the foot between usually that, that second and third toes where a lot of people get them. And um, so when we are dealing with something like that, yes, there are great foot pads and things to unweight the metatarsal head that, 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 that help in the alleviation of pressure and pain. But with things like that, we, or at least I, as a physical therapist, I like to look at the rest of the chain to try to figure out why is that area getting beaten up? You know, why is there so much pressure through that point? You know, how is the ankle mobility? Uh, how is the hip hinge? How is the, believe it or not, the core strength? We always bring it back to the core. When someone's walking, when they're running, uh, you know, what's happening and why, you know, what story is the body telling as to why we are getting this Morton's neuroma? Um, and it, and it, that, that applies to carpal tunnel, to anything, you know, whenever somebody comes to me and says, this hurts, I might look at that. And then I look everywhere else and they're like, well, no, 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 wait, you're, I'm here for my foot. Oh, I know you're here for your foot, but let's see, you know, why is that poor foot being, being aggravated all the time? Uh, it's, it might just be the, the kind of the fall guy for something else that's occurring further up the chain. Um, so I would, especially if this is something that has been chronic or traditional, just treating locally, whether it's mobilizing the joint, which is good too, you know, mobilizing the foot, um, strengthening the foot, strengthening the toes, making sure the toes are working well. If that doesn't clear it up, 
looking up the chain, looking to the other side. You'd be surprised how often I find people come to see me while my right foot's bothering me and it's doing all the work because the left foot's on vacation. The left leg is on vacation. So, you know, once again, to our last caller, uh, not caller, they're not, <laughs> but you know, our, our last question, um, you know, we, we need to look global because our body is a machine and we want balance. And when we find an area getting aggravated, what might be causing that? What isn't doing its job? What do you think, Laura? Well, I agree with that. And, you know, Morton, Morton's neuroma is a literally a pain in the foot. And I'm sure you already know this, but making sure that your footwear is good. Um, it, I've seen it the most on women who have, some men too, but women who have been wearing anything with a heel and putting that pressure right in that area. So make sure you're not doing that anymore. But often if you've been doing that up the chain, there are imbalances. So yes, look up the chain. Or how are, How's your glute medius doing? Is your pelvis all kind of swagging all over the place? You're in a bird in that area a lot. And so increasing your strength in your hip, making sure your hip mobility is good, ankle mobility. Um, but ne- yeah, when you have any problem area, it really behooves you to look completely globally. There's fascia that goes from your feet all the way to your neck. What's happening at your neck? It doesn't mean it was the cause of it, but it certainly is contributing to how much you're recovering from the, you know, whatever was that initial trigger. And so I would, yeah, pay attention to the stability of your, of your pelvis, of your, of the rest of the core, including all the way up into the neck. All right, Kirsten P.B. asks, I have sacrum junction pain. What is it and what can I do to release the constant pain? Okay, well, I actually had a whole class around this and it was called um, the sacred junction. And so for anybody who, who doesn't know, the sacrum is the part of the spine that is fused four to six vertebra above the tailbone, the coccyx, and below the lumbar spine. And it's fused because it is a a huge place of energy exchange. So the fact that, I mean, there is some tiny bit of nodding, but we don't don't really get into that because it's needing to be stable so that it can take the energy from your limbs, from the floor, up through your legs, translate it across the ilium, the pelvis, and then that sacrum is the junction. It's like literally... You know, if you were to imagine like a Christmas tree and you have all these wonderful lights and it's like they're light and then you have like one big bulb that's really lit up, imagine that bulb not being lit up. Like it kind of changes the dynamic of this kind of energy, the lighting up. And worse, if you're having constant pain there, the it's the opposite of what you think. A lot of people, when they feel stuff around the sacrum, they feel like I got to stretch it. I need to, you know, release it. I need to mobilize it. They might go to a, I'm not a, a clinician who tries to mobilize it. If you're feeling pain in a junction of energy exchange, you need to strengthen. You need to stabilize. It is the opposite. Again, what your body might be telling you, you have this ache we associate aches with trying to move stuff, something out. Use that as information. Your brain is telling you, please freaking stabilize this, work it, 
Learn how to work your deep abdominals so that sacrum isn't being pushed and compressed forward. Learn how to work your glutes, the max, the medius, the minimus, the external rotators that are also attaching to parts of the sacrum. And if they're overly working because the glutes are underworking, they're going to be shortening and pulling on the sacrum. You have this dorsal sacral uh, ligament that comes out of the sacrum, attaches to rectus spinae, which are these large muscles. They're, they're not that large, but they're, they're superficial muscles that go along your spine. So if your spine is all like jacked up, you're arching, pushing your ribs forward, it's going to pull in the dorsal ligament. So some of the pain you might be feeling is that ligament is like, stop pulling on me, right? So you always want to bring this evenness to a junction, right? We don't want to have anything that is burdened and imbalanced because if that truly is a junction of energy exchange, which is its primary purpose as being bipedal, we have got to stabilize it, stabilize it. And then in that stability, look at what your posture is doing. If you're hunched, rounded, pushed out, head forward, all any position your pelvis is going and your rib cage follows and your head follows will be burdening that sacrum. So you have to both uh, stabilize. I think of like going, I, I talk about going like an inch above your pubic bone and imagining going straight through the body and then holding that feeling. So it isn't sucking the belly in. It's going super deep at the junction of the pelvic diaphragm with the deep abdominal muscles. It is magical, especially if you have too much laxity there, too much mobility, too much. It's not unstable. It's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't have the hardware, the strength around it. I could say a lot more, but let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I echo what you say a hundred percent. I, if I had a dollar for every person that came into my, onto my treatment table with complaints of SI joint pain that, that did not present with tight hips, uh, overused hip rotators, weak core, um, you know, that's what everybody presents with. Like literally I'd be a poor woman because I would have no dollars because it, it is there, when people are presenting with sacral pain, it is usually a weakness. Uh, we'll call it an instability, but I, I don't mean that because it isn't really a mobile joint. I call it that just for sake of people understanding that they don't have good strength and stability. They don't have the strength. And, and also, you know, why is that area getting beaten up? An area that's not supposed to move. Why are those ligaments getting, getting torched? because usually they're not moving well on the hips. So they've lost their, they're only moving at that, you know, lumbosacral junction. They're, they're, they're trying to move the SI joint because the hips aren't, aren't moving well. So once we restore mobility to the hips, we take the load off of those rotators and strengthen the extensors. We strengthen that deep core that you're talking about. It's like a light bulb going off in the brain. And as a result, also in the, our, our pelvis and our core, and it's like an ah, it's just a sigh of relief because we were no longer cranking on that SI area because it is such a conduit of energy from the upper half to the lower half. That's where the strain's going to go. There's, it's the number one area. I was thinking of, you're talking about the, the light bulb. You know, it is, it's like the crossroads of the body. And so, you know, where, if there's issues, where are you going to be pulling? It's going to be wanting to pull apart there. So if we can 
mobilize the upper back, you know, things that where you're not moving in the, in the areas that should be, you're going to move in the areas that shouldn't be. And this, yeah. the, the, the sacrum, the SI joint really shouldn't have much motion. Like you said, it's, it's, it's minimal. It's a stable structure for us to walk around it. And when we start to get that, that, uh, that hype, it's not hypermobility, but it's that desire to move through it. It's because we're not moving well elsewhere. And people just really are truly, it's, it's life-changing. People who are in pain 24-7, you teach them how to find a neutral pelvis, you mobilize their hips, you strengthen their hips, and you strengthen their core. Four things, and you change their life for the better, mm, without a doubt. I, just got, I got chills. Yes. So it is, it is one of those, you know, many things we have to redefine. When your brain is giving you a signal that something is aching, you need to interpret that as you need to strengthen it. You have to strengthen it. And that means really ramping back on the movement and working for stability. So get on the floor. Don't even start lifting your head. Can you hold the sacrum on the floor and lift a leg? I've worked with so many people who can't do that without moving their ribs. Moving the ribs is then going to move, you know, the sacrum most likely. You want the ribs to, like Kristen was saying, you want to develop that thoracic mobility and extension so that that's moving and the sacrum isn't moving in lieu of it. But to differentiate uh, like how to stabilize there as you start to move a limb, it is humbling. And so if you uh, are working on that and you really want to get rid of the pain, get on the ground, prepare like you're going into bridge and feel that one inch above the pubic bone pull straight through and try and lift one hip one knee over your hip and flexion without changing your, like where that sacrum is and everything holding the spine. If that feels like a tremble, then you know you're hitting it. You're getting into it. So back down maybe from how much movement you're doing and really get into stabilizing. And I promise, I like we've both seen it. Like this is, you know, one of the most common issues is this feeling of that S, oh, I have my SI joint issues and I got to, you know, and people doing crazy ass stretches to try and push, like pop it out. And I'm like, don't, you need stability there. You need stability and you need to harness it from the inside. Get inside there, deep, deep core. All right. I think you got our message. So <laughs> keep us posted if that helps. And um, because you're not alone, this is a pretty common issue for sure. All right. Well, thank you. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to write us, direct message us on Instagram. I am Laura.Hyman. Kristen is KBWilliams99. Or write support at lityoga.com and we get those questions as well. We love your questions. We love your feedback. Uh, make sure that you share this, subscribe, rate, and tell us, you know, what a great job we're doing. If we're doing that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. I love you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, everybody. Love you, too. As always, we are pulling for you. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.